podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. Welcome to Run With It, the show that brings you untapped business ideas from successful entrepreneurs. My name is Chris Justin, and I'm here with Ethan Janney. Ethan, how's it going today? It's going pretty well, and I'm tasked with coming up with something interesting to talk about, and that would be when you, when Robert De Niro is getting divorced, he's got to pay for his wife's fashion habit, apparently. Our producer Ari brought this up, so I, I guess be careful out there to get too rich of a life. You might have to maintain that for your partner. Well, you got to drop the number at least, wasn't it? $40,000 a month in shoes or something like that? Something like that. I mean, it's, uh, well, you know what? He reduced her credit card spending limit from like $250,000 a month to $100,000 a month. And that made her upset and call her lawyer. So I guess that's, uh, that's enough information to give you an idea of, of what's unfolding. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe not as luxurious, but this idea that we're going to be talking about today is in the travel industry, which would be a luxury for many people for the last year, at least. Of course, with COVID, the travel industry has been decimated, not literally decimated, but uh, it's been cut in half in terms of airline revenue. It was $666 billion in 2019. And it's projected to be less than half of that in 2021. Whoa, less than half. Less than Whoa, half. It was 660. What was it? 660. 666. 666. What are we doing over here? What yeah, kind of demon podcast are we presenting here over, you know, numerological warning signs? <laughs> that revenue numbers, it's it's a warning sign. It, it could be a warning sign. It could also be, uh, it could also make you feel good with airlines screwing you over for all these years if you're you know, like me with uh, check baggage fees and, and all that kind of stuff. Flights are getting crazy expensive. I just booked one to go to New Orleans and normally it's like 300 bucks. It's over $700 to get there for just like a... Coming from Pennsylvania? To, Holy cow. Yeah, from Pittsburgh to New Orleans. It's and two people, two and a half, I guess, with an infant. But yeah, it's nuts. And really what's going on is there's this vaccination trend a lot of people are taking vacation after getting vaccinated. And I guess I'm guilty of that as well. At least half of US adults have, have received at least one COVID shot and people want to travel. They love traveling and you know, dream about it. It's been all this pent up to ban for a year. Haven't been able to do that. So in that context, I don't know about that term vaccination. It sounds such a weird Yeah, it's kind of hard to actually term. there's something just like Sounds like some sort of medieval punishment or something, like crucifixion <laughs> or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think we need to get into the, the general topic of the episode here. So Nikhil uh, is coming on today. He's the co-founder of Topic. Topic makes it easier for writers to create comprehensive content. He's coming to us with a, the idea we've been alluding to, and it's around uh, planning trips. You know, you could maybe collaboratively plan trips or plan trips by yourself and sort of optimizing that process. So let's get into it with Nikhil. Nikhil, tell us where the sort of pain point came in here. Why did you come up with this idea? Cool. Yeah. This, uh, the idea, which is trip itinerary planning tool came about when you know, me and my co-founder were planning our trips back in 2019. So we thought we'd go to Mexico city, go hack on fun projects. You know, we were planning to go to these places which were pretty far out from Mexico City. So we 
how to figure out all of these logistics in terms of distance, commute, and whatnot. And it took a couple of hours for us to do it together. And even then, we didn't have like a full flushed out itinerary. It was something good to begin with. But then we kind of left it in the back burner uh, as I was working on my product. And then as I was building Topic, you know, Topic essentially streamlines the process for the writer. Like it helps you kind of build that outline by automating all the Google search. And it has a lot of parallels to how you would research for your trip planning. So one day I hit up my co-founder saying, hey, maybe if Topic doesn't work out, we should try looking into the space and automate some of the work we were doing, you know, manually planning that trip. So uh, yeah, that's exactly where this idea came about. So like, what was the, what, what are some of the first things that came to your mind as you were doing this, where you say, oh, I wish I had this available. I wish I had this available. And then this would make this whole thing so much easier. It was, it just like a platform that was apart from the Google docs and things like that, or is it some sort of, you know, searchability that was at your fingertips more readily? What kind of things did you feel were missing from the process? A couple of things. One is just having to open different tabs, like, especially when you're applying trips, I'm sure you have like 10 or 20 different tabs open and forget what you were reading in tab one, when you get to tab 20 and it gets super messy. So that was one thing that I just don't like dealing with too many tabs. So it would be nice to kind of do all my research as I'm planning out my itinerary. So that was a nice nifty feature where you could just search for you know, places to visit within your Google docs. But then the other one is basically figuring out the distance. So using Google Maps, right? Like, how do I know where to stay and where to, you know, which places to go on a certain day and the weather widget, I would like to know the weather and make that process a little bit easier on my end. So these are some of the things that came to mind. It kind of reminds me of how Google does these things where it, in your Google photos, it'll put together this little video all of a sudden that has a bunch of moments from from your Google photo history and maybe put some music to it or something like that. So they're kind of like listening in, watching, it's kind of creepy, but I'm, I'm imagining like something similar for the trip planning thing where they're kind of having a third party point of view and they say, Hey, like, wouldn't you like this? Or, Hey, wouldn't this be nice? Now the photos one isn't the greatest example, because I don't know about you guys, you probably experienced it too. For the most part, I think it's pretty, pretty weird and creepy. My wife got had, we're not even very religious, but she had taken like pictures of churches just happened to over the course of this last few years, you know, while we're on vacation and stuff like that. And it made this video for her. It's called like a moment to reflect. <laughs> you could have like a title and it was just pictures of churches, you know, and it's just kind of weird. It sounded like it seemed like Apple does that too, I guess. Does it? it? Yeah. People are into the Apple one. My wife often sends me the ones that Apple makes. Google also already, they had this idea that you're describing, Ethan, where they pull in all your stuff and put it together and also make some recommendations for what you can do for vacations. Yeah, Google Trips is what it was called. Okay. It, it did not last long, surprisingly. And this is actually a common theme that I've come across in my research. There have been attempts at creating itinerary management apps and several of them have been shut down for the uh, leisure traveler, I should say. Several of them have been shut down and, and or pivoted to business travelers. So I think it'd be valuable to explore that, to understand what happened there with some of these examples. One that I wanted to call out, the uh, OG leisure travel app, it's called WorldMate, or was called WorldMate. During the 2000s, it was routinely one of the top 10 highest grossing mobile apps. They had oh, wow. 17 million users. Holy cow. And they were bought by Carlson Wagonlit Travel. 
but uh, ultimately wait, 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 they wait, were say that again. Carlson Wagonlit. What yeah, is it? it's, it's a mouthful. Carlson okay. Wagonlit Travel. <laughs> I think that's the whole problem. Yeah, it's just hard to say the uh, their names, bad name. Yeah, <laughs> I've actually used CWT before, and uh, it's not the most pleasant experience, but maybe that's part of it. But with World Made, they couldn't land on a good business model. They tried ads, they tried subscriptions. Uh, they tried upselling hotels and car rentals. They tried selling anonymous traveler profiles, a white label service to providers. They did uh, lead management for travel management companies, which lead generation, I should say, for travel management companies where you get the app for free. And then ostensibly the people who are downloading the app are power users who are going to be more interested in like a premium business travel management product like Carlson Wagon Lit offers. <laughs> I noticed um, you called out, you called out something else. Kayak had something called Trip Huddle. That stopped working out. If you search it right now, it'll just bring you to the landing page for Kayak again. Yep. And then this other one, Pana, which I haven't heard of. Tell what, What's that all about? Yeah. Pana is, um, it's funny. So even a few years ago, they had this entire, uh, pitch and focus of why they're different is because they focus on the leisure traveler and you know the leisure traveler has a different set of needs and, and we're really creating a bespoke solution for them and now if you go to their website they're all about business travel so there's something interesting happening there where not saying that there isn't an opportunity here but i think we need to be respectful of the efforts that have happened in the past and understand why they did not work in order to come up with something a little bit different I've got something in my back pocket. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait to bring it up. Yeah, yeah. Keep it in your back pocket here. So a couple other things I'm going to throw out there. Yeah. I think one of the challenges here is for the majority of travel that an individual does, honestly, they don't need a, a big travel planning thing. Like I'm going to New Orleans. I, I've been there before. I know where I'm going to stay. I, I don't need to look up restaurants. Any sort of domestic travel, for the most part, I'm not going to go through this entire uh, rigmarole of how do I get to the Airbnb? And most people are like that. So for me, I would use this app if I were going on an international trip or maybe someplace even exotic. I was in Puerto Rico and sure, something like this would be handy because you get there and you find out that your phone doesn't work and they speak Spanish, which I know a little bit about. No hablas <laughs> español, señor. Uh, puedo hablar un poco, <laughs> but not enough to... Uh... No puedes pronunciar muy bien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So exactly. But that's a couple trips a year for me, maybe. Let me throw out a couple other examples, ones that are still, still active in slightly different uh, forms. TripIt, and this is one that I, I personally use and have used for years. They're more itinerary management, in my opinion, than planning you um, automatically import your flights and your hotels. And if you book a walking tour or something like that, they'll pull in the details and it's really easy to keep everything in one place. They charge $49 per year for the pro version. Apparently not that many people pay for the pro version though. Their income isn't public, net income, but I saw numbers estimates as low as $20,000 per month for TripIt. And on the high end, I saw 700,000 per month. So huge range. <laughs> Where do you get those estimates? 
Google, man, just Googling <laughs> it. <laughs> but usually you don't find a revenue estimate. You're yeah, talking about it, their it, revenue. One was from this company. It's like owler.com. Okay. Uh, owler had the estimate. I think that was on the lower end, the 700K. I don't remember where exactly where I saw it from. We'll link okay. that to, in the show. So it's kind of like those net worth websites where it's like the celebrity net worth kind of stuff where they're probably just guessing. And I think it's a little bit more sophisticated than that. Some of the uh, revenue measurement tools will look at app store rankings, I believe, and uh, trip it. You can subscribe using the Apple app store and based on yeah, scrape data, I'm guessing for where they fall in, in the rankings, they can estimate it. So it might be more sophisticated than that. Suffice to say, they're not making like, they're not making millions of dollars per month. One quick hack of estimating revenue. I don't know if it applies to TripIt, but this is the one that I use where I look at the number of employees and multiply that by 150K. So that would give you an estimate of, unless they're heavily funded, but if they had their last round of financing long time back, then you could easily look at their employee count and multiply by 150K to kind of get an estimate. Nice. How many, how many employees do you guys have? Well, we have... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's actually accurate. That's where revenue is at right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Our podcast is not the, the pull the revenue numbers out of your podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're not Nathan Laka. Aller says uh, estimated annual revenue of the 8.6 million, which is around that 700K per month. And they're saying an estimated 4,400 employees. So it might be near the higher end. They also did raise some money years ago. They sold to, I forget the name of the company that they sold to, Concur. Anyway, long story short, I don't think that they are maximizing potential here. If you look at this app, it looks like something that you could have in the early 2000s, maybe late 2000s. The other example out there is Splitwise, which that's also one that I use often on group trips. They're mainly focused on expense splitting. Super handy, but kind of on the other end of planning when you're actually there and you're you know, splitting drinks or dinner or something like that. So yeah, that's the, the full lay of the land there. And you're mentioning that with the advent of Instagram and, and uh, some of the changes that occurred over the last <laughs> 10 years, you can definitely put something together that's more sophisticated than TripIt. And maybe you, you can carve out a little bit of the 700K per month that they're making. So examples like a group trip that happened a few years ago, a bunch of friends visited us when we lived in Asia went to Bali, we went in the Philippines, went to Thailand. So complicated trip, 14 different people coming from different parts of the world, different interests showing up at different times and in locations where you don't speak the language. I think it's a perfect use case for something like this. So that would be the situation in which I would be most likely to use an app like this. The objection that I would have to it is I have found that my friends are not often very forthcoming in helping to plan trips. <laughs> and maybe that means I'm, you know, my wife and I are the planners of the group. It's probably not surprising to Ethan over there, but uh, we end up making a little bit more, a lot more of the decisions. I was going to say something, but I, I should come in when I'm, when I was instructed to. At a later <laughs> yeah, point, exactly. Uh, Follow the, the rules. Itinerary, Chris. Over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So here, here's, here's something interesting, right? I've got Got a couple of interesting things. I still got this one thing in my back pocket. I don't know that it's it's worth the wait, but but the first thing that came up now is I think it's true. I think that what happens is you you have personality types. You have some people who are trip planning types, and you have some people who aren't. They're like trip enjoying types. And so 
it probably is the case. Like I've got uh, a trip, there's a trip that's being planned to Puerto Rico right now. And like I said, it's being planned. There's like maybe a handful of folks they are looking up hotels they are saying, Hey guys, this is how much it's going to be. Just tell us which days you're going to be here. Here's the suggestions we came up with. And, you know, we're not professional planning people, but maybe we'll come up with some good ideas, stuff like that. So I don't know if this is really going to work, but I just want to throw it out there for our brainstorming. What if there was a way that those people that kind of planned the trips for those groups got compensated for it? just through an app, right? Like they're using the app and like the other people sign in and, you know, maybe as things are booked, maybe there's like a little commission that goes to the person that's planning it, or there's just some way in which they can get a little bit of a, I mean, maybe they already enjoy it already, so they don't need it, but is there some way almost to like incentivize or reward the people who are taking that responsibility on to plan the trip, as opposed to kind of trying to facilitate what's already difficult that people probably won't even do if it, if there's a facilitation for it. I think that leads to a really interesting, different style of business here in which it's not the, one of the trip goers who's doing the planning, but an independent agency who does that. There are plenty of companies out there who do surprise vacations. It's a huge industry. I'm looking at one now, 10 employees, almost 500 K per month revenue. This founder is one that I'm going to invite to the podcast, actually Lillian Rafson located in Pittsburgh. Your destination is a surprise until the day you depart. She launched Pack Up and Go in 2016. They have sent 25,000 travelers to over 100 destinations nationwide. I've seen a number of companies like this. I think that there's still probably room to start something like that. It's obviously more labor intensive to do that than it is to build an app, one time thing that everyone can use, right? You're creating a bespoke experience for people, but that's another model to consider. By the way, that's, have you ever done that? Uh, has somebody done that for you or you've done it for them? No, I have not. I did it. I did it once. Uh, I think I've actually did it twice. Yeah. For my uh, girlfriend now, now wife. And it's pretty awesome. It's a fun, like literally you're getting, they're getting on flights and you say, Hey, plug your ears. You know, you don't know where we're going. And then all of a sudden, you know, or you get on a bus and and you all of a sudden you're in Woodstock, New York, or, you know, you get on a plane, you got to, uh, a layover in Nashville. It's like, oh, are we going to Nashville? Nope, we're getting back on another plane. And oh, my gosh, we're in New Orleans, you know? And it's pretty fun, I think, for the person, as long as they're not too much of a control freak. It's pretty pretty fun for the other other person. Let me pull this thing out that, that I had in my quote-unquote back pocket, which has probably been overhyped up to this point. <laughs> when I do research for these things, I'm still look on the Indie Hackers website because you can find businesses by industry and you can find out how much money they're making. And sometimes they'll even have little notes about their journey when they started, what things worked, what things didn't. So I found this uh, site or this service called Guru Hotel, which has a profile in Indie Hackers. Really, really cool. They're making 100,000 a month now to, to today it's verified by stripe that's a revenue providing ultimate e-commerce platform for hotels but i would say the key thing that i want to call out here for revenue purposes is what they found is that thousands of independent hotels struggled to survive because titans like booking.com and expedia are bleeding out their profits with 20 to 40 percent in commissions and what they found is that it's documented 73 percent of people who find a hotel room on one of these sites like booking.com or Expedia, they also check the hotel website to see if they can get a cheaper rate, but they often can't. So then just go back to booking.com or Expedia and they book it there. 
And so the reason that they're building a business here is they're just helping these hotels who really don't necessarily know how to do e-commerce or monetize visits to their websites. They're helping provide them, you know, turnkey platform and website to allow people to book directly on their site and maybe have a few perks or something special that you can't get with booking.com or Expedia. And by the way, they started with literally a WordPress template and it was just a little bit better than the existing people. They built up maybe a couple hundred clients. They actually were able to get into Y Combinator and they've pivoted slightly to this kind of all-in-one e-commerce platform that they sell to hotels and they seem to be doing quite well. So maybe there's a way that we can use this in our travel planning thing, knowing that there's some money to be gotten directly from the actual hotels. And the, the angle I would add here is they often know at the hotels what are the cool things to do around there and what do people do before and after. Oh, you know, like when I was living in Peru, I was living in Arequipa and a local hotel would know that you might want to go to the Coca Valley and go on a hike for the weekend and stay at another hotel in the Coca Valley or something. So you could kind of get these hotels working together, giving a little bit of concierge surface and helping people plan their trips. And, you know, maybe it just pays for itself for them because they get the bookings by helping out with the process. And by the way, the founders' names are Josue Gio and Steven Martinez, and they have said on their Indie Hackers profile, what did they say? They said, if anyone wants to apply to YC, have a hotel, or want to help them build the best e-commerce experience for a guest or traveler, please tell them they're happy to connect. So number one, maybe we should have them on the Run With It podcast. And number two, it's interesting, maybe you could integrate whatever kind of travel planning app you want to do directly with what they're doing. They might be open to it. What do you guys think about these credit card concierge services? Have you ever used one of them to help you plan your trip? No. What is it like? Have you? I have. So if you have, uh, let's say the Chase Sapphire Reserve Card, which is a super popular credit card right now, it gives you a ton of travel points. You can call them up and say, okay, I'm trying to find a dinner on this night and I want to find an activity where I go hiking in this area. It shouldn't be too far and they'll just like help you figure that out all out and even book it for you at times. I haven't heard too many people actually take advantage of that. I've tried it years past. It was good for the initial research. I went to Africa, Tanzania, and they gave me a number of options for safaris that, I don't know, maybe it saved me an hour of research time and I can just go through that little list in an email. But I think overall, what you were pointing at, Nikhil, with this idea is there's no cohesive place to bring all of it together. It still requires one person or a group of people to piece all these from different tools and try and put it together in a cohesive fashion. So I think that the challenge still is how do you make money from something like this? I mentioned that WorldMate tried all of these different models. It's a different time now. There are different things that you can offer that may make one of those models work, but I mean, there's got to be a way to get get a hold of this six hundred and sixty six billion dollars. We can get our get our piece of it. <laughs> the one thing that I was thinking about is travel insurance. The last time I bought travel insurance for my trip to Greece, it was through this website that was so difficult to navigate, and it was really hard. So when you're already planning this trip. You know, you could get that travel insurance and if you're, plan, you know, if you're planning to go to Mexico City or different places where you're a cell phone reception, where you just get a SIM card, 
uh, you could sell those so that as you land at the location, you have a SIM card delivered to you or it's it's handed, it's mailed to your house even before the trip. You could make it also, I'm just throwing this out there. It, it could be almost like a bonus for travel insurance. You know, maybe it's for the travel insurance company that wants a little bit of a leg up on the competition. And it's like, yeah, you get travel insurance, but, you know, as a bonus, uh, for getting the travel insurance, then, you know, you get this cool trip planning app or something like that. Or it, it, it's interesting. It could be almost like a, there's these aggregator sites for insurance, health insurance, car insurance, things like this. It could almost be sort of like a, a mesh of an aggregator for travel insurance plus trip planning. And it sort of just funds itself because the insurance agencies are are funding it, right? It's almost like a commercial on a on a piece of content or something like that. How does your experience with Topic change the way that you vet business ideas? Do you do any sort of additional research from an SEO perspective to say there's enough demand here or? Yeah, I've, I've actually done this exercise where I went in and typed in location name and then trip itinerary at the location, like Napa trip itinerary or San Francisco trip itinerary and this like huge search volume or decent search volume. So maybe we could totally like create these landing pages uh, with like pre-filled itineraries that are very common and then have people use that as a template. And then you can just say, start planning and you click a button and just start steps. So that's how I would think about user acquisition for this particular idea is create these itinerary pages, like thousands of them programmatically and have pre-filled itineraries that people can start with. Yeah, it, it would be cool too if you could kind of opt in to share your travel planning data with a service like this. And that way, you know, sort of anonymized data. And that way, when somebody goes to do a, a travel planning, they can piggyback on what other people have done. So, oh, typically, if you fly into this airport and you're doing a, a five day stay in Los Angeles, you know, you're going to go do the horse ride through the canyon by the Hollywood sign or something like that. So, we we'll just put that on your itinerary. I think there's a huge sales opportunity there, especially for me. When I, I like the idea of planning a trip, but after I sit down for a few fucking hours, I'm sorry, I can't think of another word. It's just like, <laughs> I'm just sitting there planning and planning and planning. It's like, oh, I just need to just decide on something. Oh my gosh. And if you just said, hey, you know, we'll save you the next five hours, you know, it's going to cost you $50 and we'll just set up this itinerary for you. What do you think? You know, I'd probably go, okay, $50. What's my time worth? Sure. Let's do it. I think that has been proven out also by these surprise vacation companies that have launched. They're making oh, a yeah, good right. money. Cause right? They, so, not only is it a surprise, but you don't have to plan. You it. don't have yeah. to, you just show up. They, they do it all. There's a ton of waste when it comes to travel, which I think that's what you're tapping into there. Ethan is People think that, oh yeah, I can just do this. And once they get into it, they just are so frustrated and actually end up wasting a ton of time. When I was in Puerto Rico, I found out that the baby monitor that we have doesn't work on hotel Wi-Fi, And I had to spend hours talking with tech support and like figuring all this stuff out. And it's just a huge waste of time when, you know, you've got how many vacations a year to go do something and you spend a ton of time just trying to figure out a baby monitor is super frustrating. So examples like that, there's some things where to go on this hiking trail that we wanted to go on, they only opened up the bookings to a certain number because of COVID and you could had to do it at 8 a.m. And if you didn't do it exactly then, then, you know, we missed out on a day because of that. So there's 
a lot of inefficiency. I don't know that in like a, a templated thing could solve all of that, but I do think. Yeah. Also, plus this is part of the joy of travel, right? It's like, it's like going through those, going through those struggles with the people you're traveling with. I think they say like, if you're in a relationship and you can travel with that person for, I don't know, an extended period of time that without killing each other, then you've got a good relationship. <laughs> figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Accelerant of, uh, yeah, of relationship time. Speaking of time, we are at time here. Nikhil, where can listeners go to learn more about you? Look me up on Twitter at Aitharaju or you know, go to our website, usetopic.com. And if you're thinking of planning on working uh, on this idea, do let me know. We'd love to idea and brainstorm with you. So yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. Nice. We'll reach out to these guys with the Hotel Guru app. And if you have them back on, we'll invite you too. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, Nikhil. Take care. The podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to transistor.fm slash run, that's R-U-N, and get 15% off your first year.